0: Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I am bringing you today's word for December 16th, 2021. On this podcast, what I get to do on a daily basis is share the word of God with you, get you to start your day with the word of God, with the word from God, so you can look up and not down, so you can look forward and not backward, so you can believe what God believes about you. If you ever get to the point where you believe what God believes about you, you will never struggle with a low self-esteem. You will never struggle with mental health. You will be at peace on the inside. You will be confident. You will learn to be content. You will get up every morning with a spring in your step, with a smile on your face, with a song in your heart, because you know that your calling is calling you. So I want you to get ready to receive a word about internal peace. So that said, let's get into the word for this morning. So as you know, those of you that have been watching, what I've been doing this week, this is the last week of the year for today's word. And for the five days of this week, I've been recapping the five major topics that I cover in my book, Level Up Your Life. And so in the book, I talk about leveling up spiritually. We covered that already on Monday. We uh, talk about leveling up uh, financially. We covered that. Uh, Leveling up physically or in our divine health, we covered that. And now today, I'm going to talk about leveling up internally or as it relates to mental health or your internal peace. Uh Uh-oh. Doggone it. Give me one second. My wife says I have too many gadgets in in this office. All right. So internal peace. So let's talk about uh, internal peace today. Um, Before I get into the word, though, I do want to share a a quick testimony. So this is something that one of the things that I point out from the writings of the Apostle Paul is that because Paul wrote so many books of the Bible, we actually have an opportunity through the Apostle Paul to see growth, uh, to see his growth manifested through his writings. So like early on, um, he wrote half the New Testament. Early on in his ministry, you could see what he said, let's say in Galatians, and he comes across one way. And then as he's maturing, you see this in First and Second Corinthians, as he's maturing, even towards the latter uh, years, you see what he wrote to Titus. And then when he wrote his last book, uh, 2 Timothy, you could see that as he's maturing that way, um, you see the maturity in his writings. And so that said, I got an uh, email yesterday from somebody that gets today's word. And this person said, hey... Um, I've been reading today's word since 2010. I was introduced uh, introduced to today's word from a friend. And uh, at the time I was in the army, I was about to get out of the army and I was at my rudimentary stage in my journey with walking with Christ. I was trying to discover or rediscover God and discover and rediscover who I wanna be. And I've noticed, not only has this been a blessing to me, but I've noticed a significant improvement in the quality of your devotions over the years And I want to share with you how deeply that has impacted my spirituality as well, as I am eyewitnessing your words and how much deeper you are allowing the word of God to go into your heart. And because of that, you're able to share with us. So thank you for being dedicated, disciplined, and faithful. uh, And thank you for being a witness to others. Your spirit is truly a beacon of divinity on the earth. I am grateful to have the privilege and the experience of your spiritual maturation And thank you for uh, continuing to grow in the spirit and even to become more divine. I share that as a personal testimony, just because that really blessed me. Um, At at the end of the day, not only do we want to grow and die, basically growing in Christ is dying to self. The more we die to self, the more we grow in Christ, the more people will be able to see Jesus in you. And that's the goal. So if you would just get out of the way, when people come in contact with you, They're going to come in contact with him. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. I actually have five things to share with you on today as it relates to negative stress or internal peace. And I believe these five things are going to be a tremendous blessing. So I'm about to get into them. Rid your heart, your mind of all distractions. Let's lock in. Okay, number one, here we go. You can have victory over negative stress. You can. I want you to know that. You can have victory over negative stress. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace. This is a peace that exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. So faith-based prayer is a major stress reliever, right? One of the most powerful tools that we have as believers to combat negative stress is the tool of the vehicle of prayer. So in Paul's letter to the believers in Philippi, He's writing to them, and he talks about a bunch of things. He says, listen, uh, you can have the mind of Christ. That's Philippians 2 and 5. He says, you got to understand the power that we have in Christ so you can do all things. That's Philippians 4 and 13. He talks about the joy of the Lord and how you could rejoice in the Lord always. That's Philippians 3 and 1, Philippians 4 and 4. And sandwiched between all of that, there's this admonition from Paul not to worry, not to allow anxiety to stress you out. In other words, he says the reason... You don't have to worry, is because you can pray. If you're getting stressed out, the answer to worry is prayer. When I first got born again, I remember, we the the older ladies in the church, we would call them church mothers. And uh, this church mother came up to me and and uh, she said, "Baby, let me tell you something." I said, "Yes, ma'am." You know, <laughs> and she said one of the things I learned, little preacher, and I said, "Yes, ma'am." Said, is that when if you if you pray, don't worry. But if you're going to worry, then you shouldn't pray because they don't go together. They like oil and water. I said, yes, ma'am. And I walked away and I was like, well, you know, that that's Philippians 4, 6 and 7. That's it right there. If you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. They don't go together. Paul's counsel is that we can take advantage of when, you, when you feel stressed out, you can take advantage of Of the direct relationship that you have with the Father in the name of Jesus. And so when you come to the Father in the name of Jesus and you cast your cares upon Him, you're not worrying about anything, you're praying about. Everything. And Paul says, in the middle of that, you can give God the prayer of thanksgiving and you start giving God praise for everything that He's done. So, in the middle of your prayer, you're giving God thanks. You're thanking God for what He is a man that when you leave that prayer, you're not going to be stressed out no more. You may have walked into your prayer closet one way, but you're going to walk out of your prayer closet the other way because at that point, when God speaks to you, you have the peace of God. Listen, let me say it this way when God speaks to you about your situation in prayer, Now, the situation hasn't changed. Nothing has happened on the outside that has changed, but God spoke to you, so you have something on the inside. Once God has spoken to you about your situation, you have no other option but to enter into God's rest and peace concerning it, because God said it, God spoke. Now, if you don't enter into God's peace, and you're still stressed out and you're worrying, that is an indictment against your faith. Let me say that again. If God spoke something, you got to have faith in what he said. You got to believe what he said. If he said it, I believe it. But if he said it, but you're still stressed out. If he said it, but you're still worrying, that is an indictment against your faith. So once you take access, once you go to the Father in prayer in the name of Jesus, and you believe you receive whatever God has said, Concerning this situation, you have to. The only other option is to enter into God's rest, to enter into God's peace, because if not, then you don't trust God. But once you enter into God's peace, listen, the devil is going to try to do everything that he can to rob you of your peace. And so the devil will come. But whenever you feel a thought or, or or an attack or any type of inkling of fear and doubt and unbelief, you have the power to receive. You have the power to reject. So you, you got to know what thoughts to receive and which ones to reject. You can just reject it. And, and and don't receive it. You can pray in faith and enter into God's rest, say amen to that. All right, number two, divine mental health is God's will, but you have a part in it. Yes, divine mental health is God's will, but you have a part in it. It's not like you, God, God has given us the ability to be healthy on the inside, but that doesn't mean that everybody's going to tap into the grace to do it. So let's talk about that. Solomon said in Proverbs 4 and verse 23, keep your heart your inside with all diligence for out of it, your heart, your spirit, your thoughts out of it flows the issues of life. Another translation says the easy to read above all, be careful what you think because your thoughts control your life. And so your thoughts control your life. I'm going to talk about that here in a minute. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through five, King James, the Bible says, though we walk in in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare, are not carnal they're mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, right? I'm going to highlight strongholds, casting down imaginations or images, and every thought that brings itself or exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So let me say it this way. I'm going to break down everything I just said. Both God and Satan are after your attention. Both God and Satan are after your attention. Now, God wants you to willingly give him your attention, right? God wants you to give him your attention so he doesn't have to try to get your attention. <laughs> but if you don't give him your attention and you're going in the wrong direction, or maybe even you're just veering off a little bit, the Bible says all we like sheep go astray. How does sheep go astray? Little by little. So everybody like, you know, you sometimes you need a course correction from time to time. And if you need a course correction, the Lord, would, if you're not giving them your attention, That's why you should give him your attention. Get up, give God praise, pray. But if you don't give him your attention, he'll try to get it through the Holy Spirit. And he'll try to get you to, hey, son, hey, daughter, let me get you back on course. Let me give you a course correction. Now, he does this. The Holy Spirit will do this because he loves you. Now, Satan, on the other hand, he doesn't love you at all. He wants to see you fail. So he actually is happy when you're you're not on the right direction, when you're not on the right path. But as it relates to Satan, Satan, If you are on the right path, then Satan is going to do everything that he can to get you off the path, to get you to veer off, to get you to to go in a different direction. So, both God and Satan are after your attention. They're both battling for your mind. And if you don't understand that there's a battle going on for your attention, if you don't understand that there's a battle going on for your mind, if you don't understand that there's thoughts that are coming from God and Satan, if you don't understand that, then you can lose your mental health. You can literally lose your mind by accepting or receiving the thoughts that you should be rejecting and rejecting the thoughts that you should be receiving. So don't force God's hand. Just give him your attention. Don't don't make God have to get your attention. Just give him your attention, period. Now, of all the thoughts floating around in your mind, you have the power to receive and to reject. You have the power to decide what you're going to do with those thoughts, whether or not you're going to receive them or going to reject them. So what you don't want to do is to you don't want to be ignorant uh, of the the battle that's going on for your attention. So I like to say that if Satan can get your attention for five seconds, he will have your mind for five minutes. And so Satan knows what you like. Okay, let's just talk about men because men are like visually stimulated. Because men are visually stimulated, Satan knows what you like. And so Satan will do everything that he can to send people to orchestrate things, to get you distracted, right? And to put, you know, people in your way to get you to go off course. And he he knows what your internal temptations are. So he's going to do everything that he can to get you to go off course. But at the end of the day, if you don't control your thoughts, you're going to fall. You you can't you should not be ignorant to the devil's devices. Don't be ignorant of the devil's schemes. So he's going to try to get your attention. God on the other hand, is trying to get your attention also, but don't force God's hand. Be cognizant of the battle for your attention, and you should willingly say, you know what? I'm going to get up. Who am I going to get my attention to? I'm going to give my attention to God. Give your attention to God so that he doesn't have to get it. You should be cognizant of every thought, which leads me to number three. Number three, thoughts create strongholds. So let me let me paint the picture of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through five. When I read that for you, I highlighted three words, strongholds, images, or imaginations, thoughts. Paul wrote it backwards, right? So the way it works is thoughts create images, images, if unchecked, will create strongholds. Let me explain. So our mind is constantly flooded with thoughts from either God or Satan or you, right? Your your mind is constantly flooded with thoughts. You got to know which ones to receive, which ones to reject. I got it. But all of these thoughts are very important because everything starts with the thought and thoughts create images and then images can create strongholds let me explain so we we don't think in words like for example if I were to say to you elephant don't do not picture an elephant man look at me no matter what I said do not picture an elephant with his big ears and long trunk don't do it do not picture an elephant Okay, well, you don't think, you didn't think E-L-E-P-H-A-N-T. No, you thought, boom, elephant. As soon as I said elephant, you saw the picture. If I were to say Big Mac, right, you know, to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. Big Mac, it's a good time for the great taste of McDonald's, you know. So now you didn't saw the dog on Big Mac. And you're like, Rick, why'd you do that to me early in the morning? I don't even, you know, I shouldn't be even thinking about that. But you saw it. Like, you can't not see it. Like you know so you think in images. So what happens is the devil will put thoughts in your mind and God will put thoughts in your mind. One is painting pictures of failure, one is painting pictures of success. And so you got to you got to know which one to receive and which one to reject. At the end of the day, so you, you, God will give you an image of you. Oh my God, I can see myself doing this. I can see myself doing that. And the devil will give you an image of you being broke, busted, and disgusted, frustrated, disillusioned, and hard to get along with. And so at the end of the day, well, you got to know which one you're going to receive. Thoughts, uncontrolled thoughts. Watch this. Negative thoughts create negative images. And if these negative thoughts create neg- negative images and they're uncontrolled, they can create a stronghold. The word stronghold that um, the apostle Paul uses in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through five, is a word from that time that painted a picture of those big fortified cities. You know, the walls that went around the city, that big fortified city. So the wall around the city is the word stronghold. It's a stronghold. And so basically what Paul was saying is this, if the devil, the devil will give you negative thoughts, those negative thoughts will paint a negative picture, a negative image. If you don't reject those thoughts, if these are uncontrolled thoughts, before you know it, you're gonna have a negative stronghold. You're gonna have a negative stronghold. So thoughts create images and images create strongholds. You can have a negative stronghold. Now, basically, in that wall, basic you could be a prisoner in your own mind. You could think so negative for so long that I could come to you and say, Hey man, God loves you. You know what? Hey, come here, young uh, uh young lady. You're beautiful. You know the love of God loves you. He appreciates you. He wants to do great things. But if you've been thinking negative thoughts for so long, I could be saying all of that, and and it, those thoughts can't get over the wall because you have a negative wall around your mind. And it's like this is the wall, and the thoughts go up and they slide down. The thoughts go up and they slide down. And I'm trying to minister to you. God loves you. He has great plans for you. But you can't. Those thoughts can't get over the wall because you've built up weeks and months and years of negativity around your own mind. And now you're a prisoner in your own mind. You're inside of a stronghold and and you're locked up inside of this stronghold. Now, if that's true, and it is true, this is how believers fall into depression. If that's true, and that's, and it is true, you know, so a person that's battling negative thoughts of depression or a person that's addicted to pornography, alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, sexual immorality, gossip, etc. These are people that allowed ungodly thoughts to come in unchecked. And now they're dealing with a stronghold. They are trapped in a fortified city around their own mind. And once they get to this point, it's hard for God and his word and his love to get over the wall. Now, if that's true, and it is true then the, the opposite is also true. Come on, Rick, you better preach. The opposite is also true. So if I allow God to speak to me and I receive the, the the thoughts from God and the words from God, and every time Satan gives me, I give him the hand, I give him the Heisman. I reject those thoughts from Satan. I receive those thoughts from God and the thoughts from God come and the thoughts from God those create images. And I believe, I look at the images and I see myself and I believe what God believes about me. Oh, glory to God. Now those things are going to create a stronghold. And now it's a godly stronghold. It's a fortified city. I got a wall around my own mind. The devil is a liar. Jesus is the Messiah. Glory to God. So now I get up every morning and I know my calling is calling me. If somebody says to me, Hey Rick, who do you think you are? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I'm a king's kid. I'm a royal priesthood. I'm a holy nation. I'm a peculiar people. I'm a chosen generation. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only not belief. I'm the lender, not the borrower. I'm the winner, not the loser. I'm the victor and never the victim. Watch it now. Why? why? Because I believe what God believes about me and there's this godly wall around my mind and I'm a prisoner in my own mind in the things of God and in the kingdom of God. And so when Satan comes to me and says, Rick, you're going to fail, those thoughts are like, shoot, they slide down the wall. No, you can't can't get over that wall. When when Satan tries to tell me that I'm not going to win, when Satan tries to tell me that it's not going to work out, When Satan tries to tell me something negative about my children, about my marriage, about my finances, about my career, about my body. The devil, those thoughts can't get over the wall. Why? Because I got a fortified city around me. Glory to God. And just like you could be trapped in depression, I could be trapped over here in the kingdom. And I am a prisoner of my calling. I'm a prisoner of Christ. I get up every morning and I am, I'm a slave to Christ. You know what I'm saying? Like I am, I am stuck in the kingdom and, and the, the, the negative thoughts from Satan can't get over the wall. And so so no I have mental health I see myself the way God sees me glory to God and I w- it would take a whole lot this is why you be around me. You will never hear me say a negative word about me, about my children. None. Of, you will never hear me say not one negative thing comes out of my mouth. Now it's taken years for me to get to get there, but I'm there now. And so this big wall is around my mind. I'm there now. Nothing negative. It's like even if I try to fix my lips and say something, it won't come out. Why? Because I have a fortified city. This is how we're supposed to live. You're. Oh my God. This is the will of God. Say amen to that. This is all in the book. Look, I'm just trying to give you an excerpt today. All right, let me keep going. Number four, the mind is so powerful that it can cause you to relive the pain. You don't want to do this. The mind is so powerful that you can literally relive the pain. When you remember something, the mind is so powerful that it can make you feel in the present those things that happened in the past. This is how you can rejoice, but you can also relive negative pain. So you don't want to do that. The devil wants you to relive negative pain and he will do everything that he can to get you to relive negative of pain. But what you want to do is think about the things of God, things that are good and pleasant and holy and pure and of good report. But if the devil can get you to replay your mistakes over and over and over and over in your mind, you are going to feel terrible and you don't have a feel I mean, like you're feeling terrible. Why? Because you're thinking terrible. So you got to let it go. Do not replay these things over and over in your mind. Okay, number five, last thing for today as I release you. And once again, this is just a recap. Five things. uh, Fifth thing for today, the connection between your thoughts and your feelings. Let me just give you this and I'll release you. Okay. The the connection between your thoughts and your feelings. let Let me explain. So as it relates to thoughts, as it relates to feelings, your mind is the control center for your life. Proverbs 4 and 23, I already read that to you. Your mind is the control center for your life. So God has given you the grace to take control of your mind so you can take control of your life. Now, you have feelings. God gave you feelings so you can enjoy life. And so I remember, um, you know, uh, getting so big on like, you know, walking by faith and not by feelings that I, I tampered feelings or temper, like, you know, oh, feelings are bad. No, feelings are not bad. God wants you to have feelings. God wants you to enjoy life. Feelings are good. But, but you got to understand feelings and the role of feelings and how they work. So the job of feelings is to amplify your thoughts, right? Let me explain this. Because when people are are feeling terrible, they don't have a feelings problem. They have a thinking problem. So let me explain. So uh, let's say, for example, I'm not even going to use my notes now. I'm just going to share this with you Uh, because I I know this. I've taught this many, many, many times. All right. So look at me. Let's say I'm going to use a positive example first, and then we'll go negative. So let's say, for example, you go to church. And you're one of those people that is like, oh, man, you know, praise and worship is okay, but I'm not one of those people that's going to be clapping and standing up and raising hands or anything like that. It's like, oh, okay. All right, well, it doesn't matter. Just come. So you get there. And then let's say that praise and worship, we start off fast songs, right? And we start singing about, uh, you know, when I look back over my life and now I'm thinking about God and all the things that he's done. Now, if you really listen to the words of the song and you start thinking about the words of the song, remember the job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. So if you really start thinking about all the things that God has done, even though you say, I'm not one of those people, you may find yourself like tapping your foot. Come on now. You may find yourself like doing a little bit. And then before you know it, yeah, now we're, and then we shift from, from singing about God and what he's done, right? Now, instead of what God has done, now we start singing about God and his goodness and who he is. And, and, and it slows down a little bit, and now we're, we're singing about who he is, and then you're one of those people, but if you really think about who he is, maybe you stand up, and now you're like, huh, you're looking at God, you're thinking about who he is. Why? Because the job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts, and then and then it slows down, and then now we transition to singing not about God, but singing to God, oh my God, and now we start ministering to God, and you may be one of those people, oh, that's not what I do, but, but, but now you got your hand, oh. Is that a tear I see coming? Watch it. Now, why? Because the job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. So it doesn't matter how you felt when you got to church. If you allowed yourself to go through that experience for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and you allowed yourself to think about what we were singing about, then you feel better because you're thinking better, right? You got it? The job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. Now, let's say, for example, what if you go home And you then sit down and start thinking negative thoughts. Well, duh. I mean, this this is not rocket science. If you think negative thoughts, you're going to feel bad. Well, what if you saw what happened in church in 30 minutes, how great you felt, but that was just 30 minutes. What if you go home and think negative thoughts for an hour? Well, you're going to feel bad. What if that happens for two hours? Well, you're going to feel bad. What if you allow that to happen for two days? Oh man, you're going to feel terrible. What if you allow that to happen for two weeks? That's how you fall into depression. And then people go to a doctor, a psychi- a psychiatrist, and they say, hey, can I get some pills? And the doctor gives you pills to numb your feelings, but you don't have a feelings problem. You have a thinking problem. So, so yeah, the, me numbing your feelings, the, your feelings are working. The job of your feelings is to amplify your thoughts. So your feelings are working. Your feelings are actually doing what they're supposed to be doing, amplifying whatever you're thinking about. So you don't have a feelings problem. You have a thinking problem and the pills are not going to change the way you think. You know what's going to change the way you think? Getting the word of God down in your heart. I'm talking about internal peace. I'm talking about mental health. This is just a quick recap. Let's close this thing out with a declaration of faith. I hope that was good. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, let's get into the word. Let's speak this over our lives. Say this, say, father, I take control of every thought. By taking control of my thoughts, I take control of my life. I tell my mind what to meditate on. Mm. I direct my will to make decisions that align with your purpose for my life. I will no longer allow uncontrolled thoughts to lead to uncontrolled feelings. I don't live by feelings. I live by faith. So I focus my thoughts and my mind on you. I enter every day declaring that my mind is alert. My body is awake. My thoughts are sharp. My focus is clear. My purpose is before me. My calling is calling me. My God is with me. My success is inevitable. I refuse to allow negative thoughts to run roughshod over me. I will never allow my feelings to control me again. From this day forward, I tell my feelings how to feel. I level up my life and I boldly declare greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you want my notes, go to today'sword.org. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it. Put in your email address. You're gonna get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, this was just an excerpt from the book. If you don't have the book, go to Amazon and get it. It also makes a great Christmas gift. Listen, um, I don't know. I was thinking about this this morning. Today, so many people are struggling with mental health, and this, you know, I, I wish they they understood what I understood about this. You got to take control of your your thoughts control your life. Your thoughts is the control center of your life. If you can control your thoughts, you're going to feel better. You're going to, you're going to be at peace on the inside to God be the glory. I love you. God loves you more. If this message was a blessing to you, please share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. Uh, and then do me a favor, um, leave me some comments in the chat because I go back and I read every comment. So I love you. I appreciate you. I thank God for you. And I'll see you tomorrow morning. Tomorrow will be the last message of the year. You don't want to miss it. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.